Hello, hello, my amazing princess in the beers, and welcome back to another extraordinary guest starring episode with the amazing, talented Carice Laguerre. Now, this episode is a little different than other episodes because we are really diving into Carice's work as a myofunctional therapist. If you are not sure what myofunctional therapy is, it's everything that has to do with between the shoulder blades and the eyeballs. So sinuses, how you breathe, are you a mouth breather or a nose breather? And I had so many questions about this type of therapy because this is not something that we really think of off the cuff when we are dealing with anxiety or depression or sleep disorders or or ADHD. And yet these are all behaviors and disorders that can be benefited by myofunctional therapy, yet it is not really widely known, which is why I wanted to bring it to you on the podcast. And I will say from personal experience, I recorded this back in late July, and I started putting into practice one of the habits, one of the tools that Carice gives you on this episode. Now, many of you don't know, but since Declan was born, I have, for some weird reason, because your body does funky things after you give birth, I have had chronic sinusitis. So I have had gnarly, and this is going to get really personal, really gross, real quick. Um, I have had gnarly green boogers come out of my left sinuses, and they're stinky, and they smell disgusting, and this is so sexy, I know. And the doctors wanted to give me drugs, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. A, I'm breastfeeding, and B, I don't think it's necessary. So I obviously went all the alternative routes and I tried tapping. I did homeopathics. I just lived with it because it's not that big a deal. It's just annoying because I occasionally have to blow my nose. And when coronavirus in the Gold Coast, at least, was happening, I was always very, 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 very self-conscious with blowing my nose and people thinking I was sick. And I was like, no, I'm not sick. I have a chronic sinus infection. and It's very annoying. Um and sometimes you can hear it because my, my voice gets a little nasally sometimes. And that's because one of my sinuses is completely blocked off from airflow. Or it was until I started this little nightly nasal routine. Super simple. Super easy. That has literally changed the quality of my breathing during sleep. I've gotten a better night's rest. I've gotten greater airflow my runs are easier because I'm actually breathing properly through the nose and out through the mouth. And the sinus infection has like 90% gone away from this one simple evening routine. So I encourage you to listen to this episode. Definitely take copious notes. It is, it is like I said in the beginning, a masterclass. She dives into techniques and tools and things that you can do. And if you notice that your kid has certain behavioral issues, which is what stimulated Carice to go into this work, and I'll let her tell you her story about her children. But all I can say is that this stuff works. I did it myself. I put the tools into practice and it has 90% taken away my sinus infection that I have had for three years. So listen to this episode, take your notes and let me know what your breakaways, breakthroughs, takeaways, ahas are on Instagram DM. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. And now I give you myofunctional therapist extraordinaire and savior of my sinuses, Carice Laguerre. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. 
Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, my amazing princess and the beers, and welcome back for another very special episode of The Princess and the Bee. I have a totally new bee that we're diving into today because we're diving into it with the expert in breathing brain and body work. Carice, like many parents, suffered in silence while her children struggled with the symptoms of undiagnosed sleep and breathing issues. One visit to a pediatric dentist changed their trajectory of the whole lives. Already a registered dental hygienist, Carice trained with Sandra Holtzman, Lois Laney, and Sarah Hornsby to establish an orofacial myology knowledge. Holy moly. This is a smart lady. <laughs> With this initial training and numerous others, in a few short years, she has not only resolved her children's issues, but helped hundreds of patients, children and adults alike, discover how great life can be functioning on full. Her private practice, the Myospot, is now the leader in the quest for myofunctional therapy awareness and public education. Her latest published book, Accomplished, delve in, delves into her work to as to how to sleep better, eliminate burnout, and execute goals. Carissa's mission is to transform and positively impact as many households as possible through dynamic breath, brain, and body work. Carissa, I am so excited to dive into this with you. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. So tell us, I'm now like super hyper-conscious of my breath because... <laughs> That's good because how you breathe matters. So it's really important to be conscious of it. I think conscious breathing is one of the best things that we can do for our bodies. I completely agree. I taught Pilates for 13 years and doing the posterior lateral breath and getting into that breath that activates it with combining it with exercise to activate the parasympathetic nervous system was a game changer for not only my own body, but my clients' bodies. So I totally love and respect the work that you are doing. Now, there were a lot of big words in your <laughs> introduction, and I know that myofunctional therapy is not really that well known in the U.S., so can you tell us a little bit more about what is myofunctional therapy? So I do understand that it's definitely not easy to digest, so I try to make it as simple as possible. So when I explain it, myofunctional therapy is really working with all the muscles below the eyes, but above the shoulders, and we're going to work to strengthen and coordinate those muscles to help facilitate proper breathing, chewing, and swallowing. That's the simple version of it. If you want something a little bit more complex or a little bit more scientific, what we're really doing is we're trying to create um, like neurobiofeedback for the oral facial muscles. That way we can eliminate compensatory patterns that do disrupt sleeping, breathing, eating, and create all sorts of uh, adverse health issues. What sort of compensatory patterns do you, do you notice and treat commonly? Biggest one would be a tongue thrust. Oftentimes you'll find that you know, your the patients are developing a reverse swallow. So you have a lot of malocclusions. And nowadays you'll find that almost all children wind up needing braces. It's like most of the yeah. population is born with teeth that don't fit into their skulls. And it's becoming a very odd type of things. But our facial muscles are really what help to shape what goes on in that oral cavity. So how all of our muscles are used and those soft tissue pressures that are there continuously, applying pressure on those teeth will enable us to either grow a big broad jaw that will harbor all of those teeth beautifully or a narrow one that, you know, then we need intervention for. That's so fascinating. So your work can actually prevent needing the need of braces yeah I had braces and I remember getting my teeth pulled at eight or ten years old because my teeth just didn't fit into my mouth with the the rate that they were coming in oh yes if we catch you early enough so surprisingly you I think everybody's surprised when they hear this usually by the age of four or five about 60 percent of your cranial facial development is already done if we can catch a lot of those kids early early like if we're getting them in that preschool sort of kindergarten age we're able to completely affect the way the rest of that 40 percent turns out 
Wow. So looking at how the, the facial muscles affect breath and how breath affects sleep, what are the combinations and correlations with how sleep can be transformed just by enhancing the facial muscles? I love that question. So more commonly than not, we find that many people are snoring and snoring yep. becomes such a thing that because it's so common, everybody feels it's normal. Like, yeah, we're supposed to be, you know, snoring. Everybody snores, but that's actually not the case. So to dispel that myth, let me just tell you what snoring actually is. Snoring is the sound of air trying to push its way through an airway where we have soft tissues that are very narrowly close together. So when we are sleeping, a lot of times our oral facial muscles will just relax and they will fall down into that airway because many of us sleep on our backs or whenever you're lying down, everything's going backwards. Yep. So when you're able to tone and lift a lot of those muscles and you lift that soft palate and you get that tongue up and connected with the roof of the mouth so that the tongue base is out of that airway, you're getting a lot more air in. And so you're able to properly oxygenate your body and you can cycle through your sleep cycles the way that you're supposed to instead of having disrupted sleep. Wow. So looking at that disrupted sleep, and the consequences that disrupted sleep, like we're always taught that we should have like seven to nine hours. I know that's a high performance measurement as a high performance coach, like seven to nine hours of sleep is like what we should go for. But even if you're getting seven to nine hours, if it's not quality sleep, it doesn't matter how much quantity you get. So how do we get better quality sleep? How do we, what are some exercises or or things that we can do to strengthen the muscles between our shoulders and our eyeballs so that we can <laughs> we, so that we can really keep things open. That is a wonderful question. What you really want to do is make sure that one, you're taking care of that airway. We shower and we take care of our, our hair, we shampoo and condition, and we do all things for all other parts of our body, but we completely neglect the fact that breathing is number one. We can't do anything if we can't breathe, right? So we have to take care of our nose because our nose is really for breathing. We have to take care of that and make sure that we're cleansing that passageway. So a good thing to do, especially before bed, if you want to prep yourself for good breathing and a good airway, is to have a nasal hygiene routine. So either you're going to do a saline rinse or the neti pots that they have where you'll run some air, um, mm -hmm. you'll run something through the nose to help to cleanse it out. And then you can use aromatherapy as well because a lot of the eucalyptus and peppermint blends that are in many of the combination oils that they have for the aromatherapy blends, those will help to open up those passageways and eliminate some of the inflammation that might be going on in the soft tissue in there. And so that's gonna help prep you for really good breathing. That way you're able to reach deeper stages of sleep. That's awesome. So notice that in everything that Curry said, like we, everything, we always talk about having a morning routine, like a solid morning routine, but the morning routine actually begins the night before. And so each of these little steps are preparatory steps that lead you in. And they're small little as I call it, degrees of perfecting. So it's like little tiny little tweaks that you can make to enhance the quality of your sleep. So I got to switch gears for a second and ask, like, did you dream of doing what you're doing at like five, six years old? Was this like, oh my gosh, give me breathing and throat. And like, what did you dream of when you were five, six years old? When I was five or six, I was not thinking about how I was breathing and definitely didn't care how to sleep. I wanted to be up, but you know, I had major FOMO at five years old. Um, when I was five or six, I really wanted to be president and I won't rule it out. Honestly, I, I may be a future president. So, you know, <laughs> these things are not mutually exclusive right now. It was said here first. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't always dream of it, but I kind of fell into it. Um, I have four beautiful children and all four of those kids had various health issues. And I think that's one of the things that as mothers, oftentimes we really don't talk to talk to others about. Um, when people ask, you know, how are your kids? How's everything? 
good. Everything's good. You don't tell them that, you know, I had one with terrible behavior issue issues and had poor impulse control, ADHD, um, gastrointestinal issues. My one daughter had every sleep issue you can imagine. She had night terror. She was sleepwalking. She was bedwetting. And this was almost nightly that we were going through a lot of these issues with her. My other two daughters had issues with, you know, frequent ear and throat infections. And it was constantly like something was going on in our house all the time. And it was not very well, you know, addressed by the pediatrician. The pediatrician was like, oh, they'll grow out of it. Or, oh, this is bad. Or, oh, here's medication. But it took a pediatric dentist who I was working for because, you know, like you said in my intro, I started out as a hygienist. Yeah, um, a pediatric dentist to really look at all that and realize that it all stemmed back down to airway and that it was how they were breathing that was impacting their behavior and how they were sleeping and how they were able to clear out their ear tubes and whether or not, you know, we were having these congestions with the, the tonsils and so forth. So it all came back to airway and I fell into it and I fell so hard because as we started to address their issues, I, I just couldn't help myself. I had to help others. Oh, I love I love that. That is that is literally the same thing that I said when I found Pilates. Because I was back when I found Pilates, I was struggling with an eating disorder. I was looking for anything that I could do to like try to help my own self. Like it really was totally selfish. But once I found it, I I I said, oh my God, I found something that I feel amazing in my body for the first time ever. And I said, I have to help others. I have to help other women feel this good in their bodies. And that's what led me on the path this way. And I think sometimes it's those problems or the struggles or those challenges or those issues. And especially as a, as a mom, like when you see your kid going through something, it, it, it is like, you are all into solving that, to figuring it out, to finding the solutions. And I love the fact that you mentioned a litany of different issues and they all go back to the breath and air passage, even ADHD, even behavioral issues. Exactly. So can you tell us a little bit about how the breath ties into these more that would be classified more as a psychological issue, but not necessarily like, cause I'm not the biggest fan of I'm more of a fan of holistic medicine and functional medicine rather than like this one's a psychological problem. And this one, I'm like, your body, everything interconnects, everything works together. So how, how does, how did these things interconnect with each other specifically with breath and ADHD and more behavioral issues? Yes. So you'll find that with children, oftentimes when they have these issues very young, they'll wind up being mouth breathers. So when you're mouth breathing, you're doing more of a hyperventilating type of breathing. And so you're not really absorbing and optimizing the oxygen that you're getting, right? And these are growing bodies. Why so is that, that you're not really absorbing and oxygenating? Oh, wonderful. Because our mouth is for eating and our nose is for breathing. <laughs> the mouth is not designed to do all of the things that, you know, this beautiful nose that we all have is really designed to do. We have the cilia in our nose to help filter the air that's going in. Our nose acts like a natural humidifier. It warms that air. It preps it. It starts the process of really absorbing the nitric oxide. And that way we're able to process this and get all of the oxygen properly through the bloodstream into various organs and so that we can function, honestly. And so if we are at that point where we're mouth breathing and we're hyperventilating, you're really not getting good quality air because it hasn't been filtered, it hasn't been moisturized, and you're not getting your optimized intake of nitric oxide, then it's going to impact the performance of just the body and especially the brain. Okay, so now you're operating on hypoxia. So that's a lack of oxygen. And when you get that, it's almost like a drunken mind but you imagine it for a child. So a child that has zero ability to control how they are reacting to these situations that have these big reactions to these little things, these children are really, you know, oxygen deprived and behaving just totally without inhibitions. And it's not something that gets talked about as much because it's a little bit more of a complex situation. You have to go back to the root of it all. Like, what is it that really got us to this point? 
now we have to look at, you know, what's going on with their tonsils, their adenoids, what was their birth history, you know, where did things get squeezed and compressed that started the whole issue with the mouth breathing? Why did they begin mouth breathing? And so with ADHD- What are some of the common things that you see as to why children begin mouth breathing? Oh, beautiful. Some of the most common things, so often birth is a traumatic event, honestly. Um, it, everybody, we all go through it. We get squished and compressed to go through, or we don't even get that whole process and we're pulled out of the womb. Um, often when there are traumatic births that involve a vacuum or forceps, and then there's that compression of the skull that is unnatural. Um, when you have the children who are unable to fully get to week 36, 37 in utero, and so they're already having some issues where probably didn't get to develop fully that lung situation. Um, we want to look at the children who are unable to breastfeed because then they don't get their tongue up to the roof of their mouth adequately. They're not using those oral facial muscles, those very important muscles, because they're starting to develop those cranial um, fusions and so forth early on. So you want to look at this early, early history, because a lot of that is going to tumble down into various things. So you'll see that those children will have a lot more highly allergy prone, they will have a lot more congestion, a lot more of that nasal uh, drip that very often we have to, you know, suck out with the little squeezy thing. I don't even know what they call it. Oh, my, my son hates that. He goes, I don't like the blue thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with him. I don't like it either. But a lot of those things. And, you know, as I thought back, as I began to learn these things, and I thought back and I saw it in my own children, I'm like, this was our whole thing. You know, I had premature births. I had issues with delivery. We had to pull people out. We had issues with breastfeeding, like all of this stuff that compiled. And, you know, it's just unfortunate, but there is resolution on the other side. You just have to know what to look for. I love that. And you, it's about looking for the specifics instead of looking for generalized answers, because generalized answers will give you generalized will give you generalized solutions that may not be exactly fitting for, for your child. It, like, yeah. like you said, you know, pediatricians saying, oh, here's this medication for them and said, it's not, it's maybe not necessary um, where it could be solved with something that's natural. So what are some of the, the, the benefits of like open, how do you open up the throat? How do you teach a child to, to like, open up the throat and the mouth and the nasal passages? And how do you guide children in, in that space? Myofunctional therapy is beautiful for that because we make it fun and light with lots of exercises. So what's interesting about, you know, your background in Pilates is that I used to go to the gym really, really hard and do all of these like kickboxing, boot camp, all of these, like, I got to get up and do all this activity. And I would see the Pilates class and I'm like, that looks so easy. I'm going to try that. Pilates was actually the most difficult thing that I did, right? Yes! <laughs> it was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. I was like, I admire this so much. And so with that, it's like a different, myofunctional therapy is like a different approach to physical therapy almost. It's taking strength training of these muscles and making it fun and light. So we're going to take exercises where we're using your tongue and we're maybe making a clicking or a popping sound and we're going to strengthen the suction and seal with your tongue. So, you know, they'll be doing fun things like this and not even realizing that they are actually working on things. We're toning things, but we're doing it in such a fun and light way. And we use tools and props and lots of engagement to help children strengthen things, but they don't even realize that they're doing it. So it looks like they're having a simple, simple Pilates class, but then you get in there and you start doing those exercises and you realize, oh no, this isn't simple at all. <laughs> yeah. There's like massive benefit to the work. So I love that. And like my my mom keeps on doing this sound the down with the with our son and I was like I'm sure that means something but I, I love that now that there is a purpose to understand like that there is a little bit of more intention behind it to strengthen those those muscles let's go into a little bit of sleep and how we can really enhance our sleep through our daily practices with breathing 
Wonderful. So you want to start out first by making sure you have a clear pathway, right? So with the nasal hygiene that I referenced earlier. And then after that, you really need to start to develop a conscious practice of your breathing. Like take note of where your tongue is. A great quick, simple check is to, you know, sit up in a chair, have feet flat on the ground, take a deep breath in through your nose and just be aware of where your tongue posture is. Is your tongue kind of floating around in the middle of your mouth? Is it down low? Is it up high? Ideally, we want it to be up there, okay? So we want it to be suctioned up lightly along the palate. So it's going almost the full length of the palate. Your tongue is gonna be connected. So you wanna be aware of that and conscious of it. Spend some time after you've done your nasal hygiene, spend some time and it doesn't have to be long. It could be two to five minutes of just actively being aware of your breath and keeping your tongue up to the roof of your mouth if you can. If you can't, you can always use some sort of a prop. Popsicle sticks are really good for that. You can put a popsicle stick mm -hmm, in your mouth and you just put your tongue up on it like a ramp to keep that connection. And just You get to have the popsicle breathe. too? I mean, you could have the popsicle before. That's how you get the stick, right? <laughs> Yeah, then you have your tongue up on that ramp and you consciously breathe and start to gain awareness of it. So you put the popsicle stick on top of the tongue or underneath the tongue? Underneath. So the tongue is going to go up on it like a ramp. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you'll put it in almost, um, you know, I guess horizontally. So it'll be okay. perpendicular to your tongue. I think that's the correct term. Yes. <laughs> perpendicular. <laughs> Back to that geometry. <laughs> all these words you think you don't need but you do so you'll get your tongue up on there and you just consciously breathe and just be aware of that tongue posture and every day maybe try for a little bit more a little more a little more a little more that's going to set you up to establish a better posture when you're lying down so now if you're lying down this tongue that would naturally extend down if you think about the length of a tongue our tongues are really long it's going down until like the vertebrae you're going to see it around c5 c6 and so you want that tongue to lift and connect with that roof of the mouth that way you're getting it out of that airway and you're able to have more restorative sleep that way now what if you have some sort of sinus issue like a deviated septum or sinus infections how do, how do you deal with that those sort of those sort of issues I love that question. So myofunctional therapy, the best part about it is that it's a collaborative effort, right? If there is a physiological blockage to you being able to properly breathe, then, you know, it would be something that we go back to traditional medicine and try to resolve. So if we can't get you a natural resolution because of a deviated septum, then we might have to have an ENT, you know, intervene. And then from there, we can work on that passageway once it's open. Because if you can't naturally breathe through your nose, if you're having difficulty, then we have to intervene in some sort of traditional medical stance. That way we can establish good breathing patterns after. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that because the, just the, the power of our senses and what our nose and our mouth and like, well, these are things we don't pay attention to so often. It's just, Something we do, and, and sometimes for me, I like to look like at the benefit of why we have the habit in the first place. So there's all these different tweaks and things that experts and things say they, they do, and influencers are like, I do a tongue scraping, and I do, you know, neti potting, and, you know, uh, oil uh, pulling, and, and all these different things that you can do, but why do we do them? Like, what is it actually strengthening? And that's why I love the, the sort of the nasal passage recipe, the evening process that we can do to really open up those nasal passages so that we can start breathing properly. I mean, I've done, uh, aromatherapy with my son since practically birth. That's amazing. That is fantastic because it's going to give him so many more benefits. Yeah, he's done. He's done aromatherapy, cranial sacral therapy. He's done. He's 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 done a lot of work. <laughs> oh, you are on it! Great job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've been doing cranial sacral therapy since for the past ten years. Uh, not not practicing it, but receiving it, and it has been a game changer for 
my life and my body. So like- Everything, you know, and when you start so young, because they get so compressed in utero, and then they come out through this traumatic birth process, it unwinds everything. It's amazing. And it's, it's beautiful, the, the unwinding that can happen. So let's switch gears as to like, you have such a passion for this. Like it is, it is, so clear watching you and seeing how like you eat up this information and then you like love to serve it back out with this like in your beautiful bright package that you have so what where did you find and tap into that that passion was it because of your kids oh a hundred percent and you know I'm mama bear just like all the other mama bears you know something's going on with my kids I'm on top of it And I'm trying to figure out how we can get through this. And then, you know, once I got to that end point with my kids and I saw really how many ways it manifests this airway thing, it just manifested into so many various things with all of my children. I knew that there are are tons of other mothers out there who needed this help and the support. So a hundred percent, I dug in deep for my children and I dig in deeper just to get other families where I know you can get to. So how, how does this apply to like a colicky baby? Oh, colicky babies. Often there is some issues going on with these colicky babies. So sometimes you'll find that they're, they're really struggling because they're gasping a lot of grasping a lot of air when they're swallowing. And so they're developing like an improper swallow really, really young and it's disrupting their gastrointestinal system. And then that will cause a lot of the, the colicky crying, you know, sounds. Um, There are other instances where, you know, tongue ties, people don't like to talk about that too often, but the tongue ties for the tongue, it can't get up. And these tongues for the babies, especially they have to rest up against the roof of the mouth. It activates pineal gland. It helps with development. There's so many things and that not having that connection too can also very much disrupt and activate that fight or flight and keep that baby constantly fighting you in that colicky system. Oh, that's like, I'm blessed that I didn't have a colicky baby, but I do know many mothers and I have some listeners who do have that. So that was a question I definitely wanted to ask. And about that, that how do you empower the parents? Like when a parent is coming from a the mindset of like, oh, well, my doctor said like, why don't I just put them on medication? How do you empower a parent to say like, let's also look at other options aside from just medicating them? Well, I think what I find most often is that when many people get a diagnosis or they get told that something is wrong, they hold that in a box and they carry it around with them. And they're like, this is it. Like, this is the thing, this is the box and we're operating from within the box. What do I do with the information I have in this box? And this diagnostic box is so limiting, especially because many people, are, um, many traditional providers of medicine are not looking at the whole person. So they might look at, you know, okay, well, we figured it's a psychological problem with the ADHD. We're not going to look at anything else. There's no other reason this could be happening besides psychological. And you can't hold that in that box. And that's the biggest thing I like to say to most mothers to help empower them is that you're holding on to a a diagnostic box. You are trapped in this box, you've locked yourself in and you deserve freedom from this box. This box is not who you are. This is not who your child is. You are more than welcome to, you know, cut up this box, let it all go. And let's operate from a space where we're gonna look at the whole child and we're gonna look at the whole story here to get to your resolution. We don't want that box. Throw it out. (laughs) I love that. Because having been somebody who defined themselves inside the box of bulimia, I totally understand the power of labels and what a label like that can do. I mean, when I started working, when I had healed myself with no psychological or medical intervention, but through breath work and Pilates and my own guinea pig, which is not something I recommend. (laughs) Like definitely I would recommend somebody get some treatment, but being able to do that, I never identified with that box again of being bulimic. And what, one of the things that I disagreed with in the eating disorder community was that you're always defined is that that was what you was. And that does mean that's, that's what you are. And 
you live by in the within the realms of that box and I'm like blow up the box (laughs) so that's why I always say I like I transform because I look back on that version of myself and I'm like that was a version of me who was struggling with massive I mean now I'm like I definitely had some mouth issues circling back like compulsive mouth issues obviously and to circle back to like, I was dealing with emotional issues and tons of other things and processing that I wasn't able, like now I have the resources and capabilities to deal with back then I didn't. And so I think that if you live by that box and that identity as that that is what you are and what you always will be, it can really stymie your progress and your curiosity to finding new answers and new solutions. hundred percent. It's so incredibly limiting. So how do a lot of your, your patients and your clients find you? What is the thing that makes them say, you know, let me see if there's something else. There's got to be some other solution. Well, what I love is that I have many of providers like the pediatric dentists and other dentists and, you know, doctors who are more forward thinking, who do refer patients. So they will educate the patient and let them know that, look, if you're not happy with the answers that I'm giving you, here's another option. So some find me that way. But I do find that there are a lot of mothers now who are, you know, keyboard warriors. And I love those moms. And they'll be like, I was doing research and I found your website, found your blog, found your book, found whatever. And I know that this is the thing. And so there are those women that I love who will search, search, search until they find those answers because they've already thrown up that block. That box is blown up, gone. They know that wasn't the thing and they are ready for actual relief. Beautiful. That's beautiful because I think as we allow ourselves, because sometimes we research within the realms of our cognitive biases Mm -hmm. and rather than allowing for research that is more like, exploratory curiosity driven that see almost more intuitive like oh let's see what goes down this path and let's let's look at this aromatherapy allows for for these other uh things so that that ex explore i'm gonna make up a word here explorential (laughs) but exploratory research rather than uh, research that is just going to prove one thing or something Exactly. Confirmation bias is a terrible thing. Yeah. It can definitely lead you down some very boxing and rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. So what do you normally say to parents, especially since you said um, a few times, like parents, we have a bit of shame about talking about some of these issues with our children. I think as moms in particular, it's like a feeling like, oh, I did something wrong. Um, So how do you deal with that with, with the parents that you see? I have to tell them first my story so they know that I'm coming from a place of understanding. Like I've been there. Um, I did have a lot of shame. You do 100%, like you said, feel like I did something wrong. I mean, I had four kids with problems, but clearly it all had to circle back to me, right? (laughs) And so you really have to take a step back and take a look at the greater picture. So too much focus on what was and what is happening now is not going to get you any progression as to what's going to be and where we're going forward. And so you have to do a little bit of mindset work. I like to have a gratitude journal and I always suggest it to all of my clients that they have and keep a gratitude journal. So we start out by listing all the things that we're grateful for and whether they've happened or not, we're grateful for, I am grateful for four healthy, thriving children. I am grateful for, you know, having a good night of sleep. I am grateful that my youngest will not need braces. I am grateful that, and then you just keep, the gratitude journal every day. And it's such a life of positivity that helps you overcome a lot of these things. Now, not everybody likes to do the gratitude journal and not everybody takes the suggestion, but those that do, I find that they really break through with their mindset as to not blaming and holding on a lot of shame as to what happened and what was. I'm a big fan of the five minute journal, um, which is a gratitude journal in essence, but it's, it, literally it breaks down because a lot of people think, oh, gratitude journaling, and I'm going to be spending all this time writing everything I'm grateful for. And I'm like, five minutes, five minutes, 
So I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that journaling process of it's like five minutes, five things, just quickly get it down. And there you go. Go about your day. Exactly. But the gratitude does go a long way. And I love that you said that it comes back to that mindset. Because I found in my work, working with high achievers and leaders, whether it's in business or in fitness or in relationships, like it always comes back down to mindset and underlying repressed, suppressed, or escaped from negative emotions that we're ashamed of or guilt, feel guilty for having or fear-based emotions. So how do you deal with those emotions that inevitably come up, the fear, the struggle, as you're working with both the children and the parents? Uh, you find a lot of times that there will be these points where you're making so much progress and then it'll show up right then at that moment in time and it builds up a wall of resistance. And that resistance is what we're, we have to battle against. That's when I know that we're definitely fighting with some mindset things. Um, you're thinking that, you know, if, if we overcome this, then I don't know, then, you know, what's my next thing or what do I focus on? Or, you know, is this really it? And then it becomes like this block. And so we want to, at that point, we, we take a break. We, we stop. And instead of working on our exercises and what we've got going on, we go all in on mindset and trying to work out what what's really the underlying issue here. So I like to take a session or two to try to work with both the parents and the child, but it's more so the parents and we're so trying to break it down. <laughs> Yeah, more so the parents. The kids don't really know because, you know, they think everything's still fun and light. But we try to take a, a moment to wind down and we start to do a little bit more of the breath work. So we'll take a session or two and just focus on breath work, conscious breathing, affirmations, and we're working on mindset too when we do that. The kids love a good affirmation. I mean, there's nothing kids love than to just reaffirm how awesome and great they are and wonderful and amazing. <laughs> they love all those words. They suck them up. And so it's it's good to do it and to have them do it together, the parents and the adults, the parents and the children, because it's such a great breakthrough. And then we can get back to working what we were working on. Like, let's get back to your tongue exercises now. <laughs> And I love that. I do affirmations with my son, especially when we're walking up this little hill that he doesn't like and he thinks it's so big. And I'm like, it's, it's a tiny little sand hill on the beach. And so we're walking up. I'm like, who's brave? And he's like, I brave. And I'm like, who's courageous? And he's like, I courageous. Who's compassionate? And so we're walking up, marching up this hill. And by the time we get to the top of the hill, he's like, I'm like, look, you did it. And he's like, oh, I did. And so the kids love affirmations and honestly start programming that as early as possible, like it as early as possible. They are giant subconscious sponges until the age of about six years old. So you got time, program that in that they are brave, compassionate, empathetic, patient, loving, all the things that are good. And it's it really does set them up with a really beautiful mindset. And one of the things that I love is that the parents can learn, like, what have you seen through your work of how parents shift because of the, the work that they do and the progress of their kids, of many the mindset shifts your parents make? Many times they don't even realize that there, there was something going on. And so I think that's the biggest shift, honestly, to be aware of a, a mindset issue that you may have had, like a mindset block that you may have had whether it be around, you know, health or whether it be around money or whether it be around what's going on with their business and what they can achieve as them as, you know, individuals, as they're seeing their children progress, it almost frees them up that mama bear in you that's so focused on I'm going to get this child well. Once you start to see that actually coming to fruition, you have more space in your life. You're, you've just created a whole bunch of space in your life to now focus on so many other things. And so now that you get that mindset up, you're, you're able to really well, what can you now achieve as yourself? Like what issues is it that now you can overcome and where can you go and achieve and grow higher and become just as equally awesome as your beautiful son or daughter that has now made this progression past a health roadblock? That's, it's so beautiful. And I think a lot of parents, what I see is that there's a fear that comes with like, well, I've been worrying about this problem for so long 
what's next? Like, what if I actually don't like, there is actually a fear of releasing that problem and what's going to fill that space. And so how do you coach them in that essence, in, in that situation with how they can fill that space with possibility, with new relationships? How do you, how do you guide them through that process? I love to work with affirmations. I love our, our gratitude journal because there's always something else that you can add to that gratitude journal that will, you know, ding, ding, ding. You get like the light bulb that pops up and you're like, oh, there's something else that I can work on. That is the, the biggest two that I would work on. But really, if you're working with the child and you start to ask the child, well, well, what's next? What is it that you dream? What is it that you think of? What is it that you can do now that, you know, you're not worried about, having to use your nebulizer on the field for soccer. What is it now that you can do? I want to try basketball. Awesome. You're going to try basketball. This is amazing. What do you think mom's going to be doing while you're doing basketball? Like, oh, mom will be watching me. Mom can't watch all the time. Like, what do you think mom's going to be watching? You know, while you're practicing, what do you think mom's going to be doing? Oh, mom's going to be an astronaut. She'll start to think about being an astronaut <laughs> mom's probably not gonna be an astronaut but yeah mom can be an astronaut <laughs> let's throw that into our gratitude journal i'm thankful mom went to mars like it's, it's <laughs> something new and exciting and so i love affirmations i love the gratitude journal the gratitude journal will always get you to think about like what what is next? What is it that comes next? What is the next thing that I can be grateful for? Because as I'm crossing things off that I've actually achieved gratitude for, what is the next thing I can, you know, bring into fruition for gratitude? I think the beautiful thing is that when you're doing that with kids is sometimes as, as we've grown up as adults and adopted all this plagiarized programming and whatnot, like we get boxed into this like list of, oh, I should, and that's not realistic and that's not practical. But when you're working with kids or when you have kids, it's like everything is possible. Absolutely everything is possible. And there's so much imagination with that. And when we can start living from this place of imagination instead of the plagiarized programming that we accepted as true, it changes the game, especially for adults, as to how we show up for our kids. And it's this beautiful, like almost like an infinity symbol of your kids feed into you, feed imagination. And if you're able to receive that imagination and not cut it off with like, oh, that isn't realistic or that isn't, you know, that isn't possible. I'm saying, okay, yeah, cool. I could, I, I, why not go to Mars? Like, let's build Mars in our living room. Like, let's do that. Like how, like it allows for that play and that dance of the flow of greater creativity. And I think that that's something that when sparked, when we can really open ourselves up to listen to our kids in that way, it changes the game for how we show up um, as parents and also as people. I think having a more imaginative, creative culture is something that should be embraced. Yes, that's what's missing from our lives now. We need more creativity. We need more you know, innovative, innovation of thought that would be ideal. So Carice, I know I have loved every bit of this conversation and I hope everyone was taking notes and was is has written down a new nighttime exercise to practice. I know I will be practicing that um, to help clear up this like sinus stuff that I have going on if, that many of my podcast listeners have known that I've had going on for years. Um, and that you are aware of some new alternatives that maybe the thing is not the thing. And I know, Carice, you came out with a book recently called Accomplished. And I would love for you to share a bit about that. Thank you. Accomplished is my baby. I've poured my heart, my soul, and a lot of my knowledge into that book. It's going to break down ways that you can sleep better, that you can eliminate burnout, and you can execute goals. That way you're going to wake up feeling refreshed. You're going to be ready for your day. You're not going to, you know, struggle through. You'll be able to be your most productive, your most realized self. Um, it's available on Amazon and it is just such a passion of mine to speak of. And I'm so grateful that you've allowed me to, you know, share that with your listeners. Absolutely. We will leave a link to that in the description. So if you want to learn how to sleep better, eliminate burnout. And if you have loved this episode, then definitely grab a copy of that book 
So, because I mean, from this episode alone, I have learned so much about just the sinuses and breath work. And there are some things that I'm going to be referring to my husband to do. (laughs) It's always the husbands. They're the snorers. (laughs) The husbands, sometimes, sometimes like my mom's a snorer in, in my parents' relationship. And so like, I'm going to refer, like you are definitely going to, the information that you have given me and blessed me with and all of our listeners with, I will definitely be paying it forward so that your work goes out into the world. And so where do we find you? How do we work with you? If, if you are, you know, I know you're in Jersey and you have your, the Mayo spot is there, but how do we, how do we work with you? How do we find you? How do we support you? Well, the coronavirus pandemic has definitely led us all into these worlds of Zoom and, you know, tele-dentistry, teletherapy, telemedicine. So I do work with clients worldwide. Um, you can visit themyospot.com, so T-H-E-M-Y-O-S-P-O-T, to get a free consultation with me. I am available to listen and to see if myofunctional therapy would be a good fit for you or your children or whoever might be interested. I, I'm definitely available and open to people outside of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and all around the world, just like all of our listeners. So go to themyospot.com. Where can we find you on the socials? Uh, always at the myospot. So Facebook at the myospot, Instagram at the myospot, Twitter, I'm pretty sure just myospot. For all of my revolutionary empire builders, take note of the congruency and consistency of her branding with all across all the platforms. Well done. I am. I, it was awesome, Carice, to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing so much knowledge with us, so many tools, so many exercises. It has been, I, I am just, I feel so blessed to have shared this space with you. As always, own your throne, mind your business because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.